We read this morning from the letter to the Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verses 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for the saints. Pray also for me so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. I just want to start by saying that is a lot of armor. If I knew nothing about Christianity and I read only these verses, my first thought would be, my gosh, Following Jesus is dangerous. And because it's dangerous, I must be well defended. Thank goodness there is so much armor available. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. Having all this armor will protect me from getting hurt. And knowing I'm protected against hurt will give me courage to get out there and live my Christian life. Ironically, the image that this passage brings to mind is a Roman soldier, the kind you see in Bible movies, the kind that arrested Jesus. All clanking chainmail and bronze helmets. Did being clad in iron and bronze give those soldiers courage? Does modern body armor give courage to today's soldiers and police officers? Do firefighters get their courage from their flame-retardant clothing, or doctors and nurses working with COVID patients get their courage from their hazmat suits? There are all kinds of protections out there because it takes courage to put yourself every day directly into the path of physical harm. How about sports? Football players obviously need a lot of armor. But not every athlete goes into the field so heavily armed. Shoulder pads and helmets would be a real burden for gymnasts hurling themselves through space, and divers might drown. So where does their courage come from? Last week, a friend sent me a really good article written by Kate Courtney, a mountain biker who recently competed in the Tokyo Olympics. 
And I learned a lot about courage from her description of a cyclist's experience in competition. Now, apart from the helmet, cyclists really don't have much to choose from in the way of armor. So, no surprise, feeling protected against harm is not what has given Kate Courtney the courage to compete. In fact, in the first part of her article, courage doesn't even come up, even though it sounds like there's a lot that you and I might be scared of. Not just the potential for injury, but the demanding training, the sacrifice of other interests, the potential obstacles, the competition itself, even the travel to Tokyo. But here's what Ms. Courtney writes. My goal of fighting for a medal in the mountain bike race in the Tokyo Games served as an organizing principle in my life. Qualifying for the Games gave me an unprecedented chance to pursue what I love with every single fiber of my being. Each tough workout was part of a larger mission. I have never felt more alive. Kate Courtney did not pursue her goal from a defensive crouch, and her courage didn't come from feeling well defended. It came from being fully engaged with her goal. Fully engaged, she was fully alive. But it's like to lose at the Olympics and how you pick yourself up again. And from what Kate Courtney says, it is in that picking up process that she could have used some protective clothing. Some sturdy armor to ward off negative comments, mocking remarks, the disappointment of those who had been cheering her on. Wouldn't we all sometimes like some armor against that kind of thing? While soldiers and police and firefighters surely need armor against physical harm each and every day, many of us would probably be content with just a little protection from unkind words, thoughtless choices, betrayals of trust. Wouldn't that give us more courage in dealing with the world? The armor in today's passage from Ephesians sounds like it would give us more courage in being a follower of Jesus. And frankly, it sounds like we need a lot of defensive clothing. So what do we find scary about being a follower of Jesus? Are we afraid of being mocked? Are we worried about not being strong enough to stand up for our beliefs? Are we daunted when people argue with us about our faith? Are we afraid that someone will tell us we're not doing Christianity right, that we don't read and love the Bible, that we are not real Christians? Those voices can be very loud and very hurtful. So, drawing on Ephesians, when the world tells lies about us, we have the belt of truth. When the world sins against us, we have the breastplate of righteousness. When disagreements turn into arguments and the words of arguments come at us like flaming arrows, we have the shield of faith. And if someone questions our fitness for heaven, well, are we not wearing the helmet of salvation? We have all that we need to defend ourselves. But if we are fully clad in so much armor, can we fully engage with our goals? 
and thus be fully alive. I think of Kate Courtney, who certainly could never have ridden her mountain bike clad in chainmail. And as it turns out, she is doing okay without armor in the tougher part of her battle, the part where she struggles with the disappointment, the negativity, the hurtful comments, and worst of all, the flaming arrows of the inner critic. Those arrows come from the inside, so it is really hard to find a shield that works against them. But it sounds like Ms. Courtney is finding courage. Here is what she says. I am learning to appreciate that some seasons of life are not about triumph, but about holding space for the struggle and acknowledging the courage it takes to pick ourselves up and risk our hearts again and again. She quotes the poet David White, who says that courage is a measure of our heartfelt participation with life. If we are fully clad in armor, can we fully participate with life? I want to go back to the passage from Ephesians. In talking about all the armor, I skipped over what is actually my favorite verse in this passage. I'll read it to you again. After we put on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, but before we pick up the shield of faith or don the helmet of salvation, we have this instruction. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. What will make us ready to proclaim the gospel of peace? What qualities? Lightness, swiftness, balance, tenderness, vulnerability. It is hard to be light or swift or well-balanced or tender, completely clad in armor that is specifically designed to make us invulnerable. But what if what we put on our feet is nothing? What if what makes us ready to proclaim the gospel of peace is to go into the world barefoot? When we are afraid, we put all our energy into defending ourselves. But if our courage comes only from armor, can we really do the work to which we are called, which is to love one another, to be in relationship, to risk our hearts again and again? To participate fully in that kind of work, we have to leave some part of ourselves undefended. A bare foot is undefended, a sign of vulnerability. Think of the bare feet of the disciples that Jesus cradled and washed and wiped in the Gospel of John. Remember what Jesus said to Peter, unless I wash you, you have no share in me. It would be hard for Jesus to wash our feet if we had bronze boots on. And it is hard to proclaim the gospel of peace if those bronze boots make us more likely to step on people's toes. 
We cannot fully engage with life without being vulnerable to it. And to allow ourselves to be vulnerable may be the very best definition of courage. Kate Courtney has some words that we all need to hear right now. Here's what she writes. Courage is exhausting. And I don't think Olympic athletes are the only ones feeling that exhaustion. In the past year, we have all been forced to show courage in waking up each day to face a world rapidly shifting beneath our feet. It can be exhausting to continue to give your best effort and remain hopeful in the face of overwhelming uncertainty, doubt, and loss. Courage is exhausting. But there are some ways to lighten the load. One is to check the weight of our armor. Maybe it's not that the armor is actually too heavy. Maybe it's the way we use it. Maybe the belt of truth won't weigh us down if we remember that the truth doesn't make us safe. The truth makes us free. Maybe the breastplate of righteousness won't weigh us down if we remember that righteousness is not defending our beliefs. Righteousness is living our beliefs. The shield of faith will not likely weigh us down if we remember it's not our burden to create that shield, to work on it again and again, adding layer after layer of protection. Our faith is not our own creation. It is a gift from God. As it says in Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works so that no one may boast. Also, the shield weighs less if we actually wear it rather than using it as a weapon to strike people over the head. And the helmet of salvation... Well, it helps to remember that helmet is not intended as our individual guarantee of safety, there to protect each of us from cracking our own heads whenever we fall into sin. The helmet of salvation is more like an umbrella under which the whole world may be gathered into harmony under God's protection. Salvation is a whole world proposition. Following Jesus is indeed dangerous because it demands our full engagement with the world, and we cannot be fully engaged with the world without exposing ourselves to its hurts. Armor is well and good. Armor is even necessary at times to our survival. But if we take off our shoes, we can feel the earth beneath our feet. And that's especially important when the ground is shifting. And then we can truly proclaim the gospel of peace and know that every step is an unprecedented opportunity to pursue the call of Jesus Christ with every single fiber of our being. And when we fail, and when we mess up, and when we disappoint or, are, or we are disappointed, or when we are hurt, and when we lose, we will have the courage to pick ourselves up again and stand on our two bare feet. Amen. <laughs>